Welcome to the Northbrook NextGen Podcast. A podcast created to help the next generation and the parents and influencers who love them. And now on to today's show. Welcome back, everybody, to the Next Gen Podcast. If you saw the title of today's episode, you know that we are going to be talking about tips for parenting your young adult. And when we say young adult, we're talking about ages 18 through 25. So kind of right at the end of high school, a little bit into college and a little bit after college. So before we jump in, uh, we have uh, two other people with me here today on the podcast. So um, we'll introduce everybody and I'll go ahead and start us off. So I'm Pastor Janelle and I am um, in student ministry here at Northbrook. And um, I also want to hear from you two what phase of parenting you're in. Um, I currently don't have kids, but I have walked through I've seen my parents walk through parenting young adults, and I have two younger brothers, so I've been on the receiving end of that side, so wanted to jump in on this episode today. Super excited about it. So, Maddie, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself, tell us what your role is, and what phase of parenting you're in. Yeah, yeah, so my name is Maddie Kahn. I'm the assistant director of GROW here at Northbrook. I've been here just over two years. And I'm coming to this from kind of a similar place to you where I'm 25, so I'm technically still in this phase. <laughs> You're um, at the very end of it. <laughs> yeah, so I'm, I'm kind of going to be talking about my experience of being uh, parented, which I'm blessed to have a very good experience. Uh, but I'm also a parent as well. So I've got a one and a half year old at home and my wife is pregnant with our second uh, two boys. So. Uh, yeah, it's full, Exciting time. full house. Yep. Yeah, that's <laughs> awesome. All right, Mike, tell us who you are, what your role is, and what phase of parenting you're in. Yeah, so Mike Belanti, senior pastor of Northbrook Church. I've been here 13 years, and I've got two kids. My daughter Hannah is 19, and my son Ryan is 14. So I am right in the middle of all this. Yep, yep. <laughs> and that's why we wanted to interview Pastor Mike in this episode is because he's in the thick of it. He has a college-age daughter. Um, You're walking through all of it right now. So we want to pick your brain and just hear some thoughts that you have to share. Um, And the reason why we wanted to focus on this phase of parenting in this episode is because parenting a young adult is such a unique phase of parenting because your role as a parent shifts and changes so much and in such a different way than any of the other phases um, leading up to that. And so we want to walk alongside you as parents, if you're a parent listening to this, um, offer some encouragement and help you navigate this transition. Um, And also, uh, I just hope you feel encouraged to hear someone else who's walking through it currently, because I feel like when we hear experiences from others around us who are going through the same thing, it helps us feel not as alone as we're walking through it. So definitely. Yeah. So we're gonna go ahead and jump right in. Um, Maddie's gonna ask some questions and we're gonna talk about this phase of parenting. Yeah, let's do it. Um, I'm gonna start just with a couple general questions about your parenting journey. Then we can jump into some of the more specific things about your experience with more of that young adult phase. Um, but just to start, you know, looking at your parenting journey so far, how would you describe your parenting style with both Hannah and Ryan? I would describe it <clears throat> messy and complicated. <laughs> um, but I guess you want a clearer answer than that. So yeah. now I was thinking about parenting and the psychology of parenting. And if you want to put it into a neat little box, there are kind of four ways or trains of thought on parenting. The first is authoritative. Mm. The second is authoritarian. 
the third is neglectful, and the fourth is permissive. Mm-hmm. And most would say the ideal is to be authoritative, uh, not authoritarian. Authoritative means you're an authority in your child's life, but you're also their champion. Mm-hmm. You're also the one cheering them on, but also kind of creating boundaries and keeping them from creating their own disaster. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I hope that I, I live in the authoritative uh, role, but I, I would say um, I'm, I'm probably can slip into the permissive as well, where I mm-hmm. maybe let them get away with a little too much <laughs> that, that I ac- actually should. Um, but but my wife and I have always tried to, to lean towards grace and, and not be too dictatorial because we know dictatorships don't usually work very well. And I've seen too many cases in which parents were just ridiculously strict with their kids and then they go off to college, have all this freedom and go completely off the rails. Oh. And so hmm. I, I try to lean towards the authoritative role. Yes, I have boundaries. Yes. I'm not afraid to say no, but I also let my kids be kids. Yeah. I'm, and I'm guessing that has been kind of a process as they've gotten older. Like with a one-year-old at home, sometimes I feel more like that dictator, dictator <laughs> role because it's like, no, 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 no. Yeah. Um, which is really easy to slip into. But as they're getting more freedom, yeah. um, the authoritative becomes more of an option. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And for a new parent, I'll never forget the day I brought my daughter home from the hospital. I can still, I can remember the jacket I was wearing <laughs> the day I brought her in the door. It's just an insane day. It, it was an insane yeah. day. She was a NICU baby, so she was on oxygen. And I put her in the crib and I sat down on my bed and leaned against the pillow and said, okay, now what? Yeah. I have no idea what to do right now. Yeah. Uh, and so I've just kind of learned, and yeah, with little kids, of course, you're the protector. Yeah. You're the protector from themselves because little kids, everything goes in their mouth or they're sticking <laughs> stuff in sockets and so you've got to kind of be a little more yeah. aware but as they get older it just starts to shift and change yeah and it, it, I imagine it can be kind of difficult to transition in those in those different phases because you're so hands-on early on and then as they get older it's more and more hands-off is from what I'm gathering well it's hard because just when you think you've got one phase figured out they're out of it and they're in the next phase yeah uh, and so I uh, yeah. Yeah. Wow. But before we get to specifically kind of your experience with the the young adult phase over this last year, I'm curious, you know, if you had to sum up your parenting journey over the last, you know, however many years, you know, how would you do that? What are some of the main things that you've learned? And looking then again at your personal relationship with God, then how has your parenting journey taught you more about God as, as your personal savior, your father? Yeah, you know, being a parent has taught me patience. It has taught me responsibility and grace and joy. Um, but it's also, I've also kind of experienced heartbreak that I never knew I could experience because mm-hmm. you want your best uh, for your kids. And so I, I've I've experienced emotions that I didn't know I could. But I also, I also value life differently now. Um, mm-hmm. I see the world differently because I have children and it's had a dramatic effect on my relationship with God because the Bible talks about God as father mm-hmm. and I've got a great father so I've been on the receiving end of that I've great family great parenting uh, my, my parents are incredible people been married almost 50 years um, but when I became the father 
I got a closer glimpse of how God sees me. Hmm. And uh, when I look at my kids, I'm like, there's nothing that my children could do that would take my love away from them. Sure, they frustrate me sometimes and disappoint me. Um, It made me angry, quite frankly. (laughs) But there's nothing they could do that would ever take my love away from them. And that gave me a new appreciation for the heart of God Hmm. and how he sees me as his son. Yeah, that's really good. It that it kind of a similar thing hit me when I when I brought home Benny for the it's like in my experience at least it's the first person in your life who you just love for no other reason besides who they are. Mm-hmm. You know, like they haven't done anything for you mm-hmm. yet and they they just they basically make your life harder in the <laughs> beginning. Yeah. Um but it's it's a love that's born out of their identity instead of what they can do for you. That was a pretty powerful realization for me. Absolutely, and I, I, it was the first time in my life where someone, where a human being was utterly dependent upon me. Mm-hmm. Even getting married, I mean, my wife and I have a great relationship and we depend on each other, but she, she can exist without me. Mm-hmm. That baby could not exist without me uh, mm-hmm. the, for those first years. And so it taught me what it means to be dependent um, and God asks me to be dependent on him. And mm. so my spiritual life is fully dependent on him. Hmm. Hmm. Wow, that's powerful. I love that. Yeah, thanks for sharing. Um, so let's kind of transition now to kind of the focus of our episode here, this 18 to 25 phase, with which you've just recently entered into with, with Hannah. Um, what is Hannah's stage right now? She's, can you... Yeah. So Hannah's 19, going to be 20 this year. She just finished her freshman year of college. Uh, So she's in that uh, stage right now, no longer in high school, kind of on her own. Yeah. And and talk to us a little bit more about that transition um, from being a high schooler to more of that young adult phase. You know, what are some of the hard things about it? Some of the challenges and then on the positive side, some some exciting things, maybe some things that have surprised you walking yeah. through that. So, um, one of the hardest days of my life, and I and then you hear about it and you think about it, but then you experience it, was the day I drove her to college. We unloaded everything in the dorm room, and then it was time for us to go. Hmm. And so she's my daughter had to go early because of a job. So there wasn't a lot of people on campus. And I'm sitting in my van and I'm, I see her standing in front of her dorm and I'm looking at her through the rear view mirror and I'm driving away. (laughs) Knowing that I'm not, I'm not coming back anytime soon. She's completely on her own. And the van ride home was completely silent. None of us talked the whole way home. And there was this emotion. Was Ryan with you as well? Ryan was with me, Rebecca's with us. And so it was, even Ryan didn't talk. Wow. And when I drove home, I had a feel, an emotion that I can't describe, but that I didn't know existed. Like I'd never felt that emotion before. Huh. And it was, and then I, I came home and walked upstairs and saw her bedroom. And I'm like, <laughs> this, I mean, this season's kind of over and it was, it was good, but it was, it was also, it was also hard. Uh, on the other side, you know, there's been a lot of joy in having her as an adult. The conversations that we have are are really she's very open with us actually more open with us than I was with my parents uh, and so we've got a really good open relationship with her she's not afraid to tell us hard things uh, even some things I don't know that I'd want to know but she tells me anyway which it which is fine so there's this really rich conversations that that happen with her and to watch her 
thriving and making it on her own and being responsible. And I mean, she made the Dean's List at college, just seeing her thrive that way. And it just maybe makes me really proud of her. She's a good kid. And so just seeing her thrive has been really, really a great experience for me. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah. And it's cool to see like the, the work that you've done leading up to this phase that, you know, does foster that openness between you guys do you do you have any we might take this out but do you have any advice for parents that maybe feel like they want to maybe they're kind of frustrated where things are at right now they don't feel like they have that openness with their um young adult yet and they're you know they're going off to college I feel like it's never too late to continue to make those steps to foster that kind of environment for kids do you feel like do you have any advice for parents you want to continue to make that step to facilitate that openness. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. And I, I think the greatest challenge that we have, and again, I've, I've been guilty of this as well, but we tend to talk at our children rather than talk to our children. Mm-hmm. And so if you want openness with your with your child, when they tell you something that's uncomfortable, if you react in a negative way, when I say negative, if you yell or um, are dismissive, or if you um, just want to lecture, well, then you, you're, you're creating that culture in your family that says it's not safe to talk about these things. And, and kids are still going to be kids, and so they're going to naturally not tell you things because they know how you're going to react, yeah. right? And so we've made it a habit. I think we've done an okay job with this. Even when our children tell us things that we don't want to hear, or if we, we ask our kids, did you do this? And it was a negative thing, maybe even a bad thing. We listen and there's, yes, there's going to be consequences, but we don't fly off the handle. We don't yell. We don't lecture, Mm -hmm. typically. Mm -hmm. At least we try not to. So we can foster that um, Mm -hmm. environment. So if something, you know, our kids do something that deserves a a consequence, we may listen and say, okay, I understand, but this is the consequence and this is why. Mm -hmm. And just calm and Mm -hmm. it's very easy to get emotional as a parent because you love your kids so much but sometimes that emotion can be the very thing that takes away from the relationship you're trying to establish Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that's good yeah and I feel like and I wanted to ask that question because I was listening to you say that and my mind immediately went to you know parents who think well like I want that but is it too late to like start making those steps to like you know, fostering that. And so I think that those are things that you can still do even when your kid is leaving the house, you know, you can work on when they do talk to you about things, you can, um, you know, work on your reaction, how you respond and how you interact with them in those moments. And you can always grow in any of those areas. Yeah, I was kind of related to this, but I was curious if now that, you know, Hannah's off at school, kind of on her own in a lot of ways, at least during the school year, have you found it more difficult to discern kind of when to speak into her life when to create boundaries and when you should just allow her the freedom to um to make choices and kind of experience life on her own does that make sense of kind of that process of letting go yeah yeah it's it is it's hard um you know at this point i work really hard to discern when to speak and when to be silent. If I, if I, if I see her heading for a, a, a train wreck, yeah, I may say, hey, I just need to say this to you hmm. and I need you to hear me. And I say my piece and then I leave it alone. Hmm. Hmm. I don't go back to it again. 
and again and again because she does need to learn and you know we have a great you know open relationship and sometimes she'll say yeah dad fine but i disagree with you okay hmm. but i need to i need to say this to you mm. um but it sounds like that environment that's created by that approach mm-hmm. i mean you you actually know what's going on in her life then though she's not trying to hide things from you i, I do and do i think she tells me everything yeah. probably not <laughs> um not i'm not that naive but the thing she she does tell me i would never tell my parents so that that actually gives me a sense of peace that I at least know what's happening. Hmm. And I know the decisions that she's making, even if I don't agree with all of them. And I think sometimes, so I'm gonna give the perspective of the young adult receiving that. So I know that there's been times that I've seen my parents hold their tongue and like step back and like, nope, this is her decision. But I've also seen them do what you just talked about where they say, I just need to tell you this. I'm gonna say my piece and let it go. And honestly, once is enough and it sticks with you as a kid. Like, you don't forget it, and... Sometimes the repeatedness actually kind of dulls your yeah. senses to it. Yeah, because if you way. say it once, then you just let them mull it over, and yeah. they're not gonna forget about it. Like, it's yeah, it's gonna stick with you. I, I'm 47 years old, and my mom still does that to me. She'll say, <laughs> I just need to say this to you. I just need you to hear it and do what you want with it. So I don't think that, that ever changes. <laughs> my, my dad did that to me, like, a few weeks ago, and it stuck and it, yeah. he needed to say it and yeah. I was grateful for it but and you because you think sometimes like I have to say it more than once so they'll hear me it's like no they will hear you if you just say it once mm. yeah. yeah that's so. good well let's just kind of for this last question let's zoom out a little bit kind of our heart behind this next gen initiative here at Northbrook is to come along the come alongside the next generation uh, come alongside parents and all of us who are investing and, and um, um, wanting to help this next generation learn to follow Jesus more closely. Um, as far as kind of the next generation goes, in your opinion, Mike, what are some of the biggest challenges that we should be aware of that are facing these 18 to 25-year-olds who are starting to, you know, actually live their lives in this world? Yeah, I, I think there's there's a few things. There's probably a lot of things, but for the sake of our time, I think that the few things I want to address first is most 18 to 25 year olds that I encounter don't just take things at face value Mm -hmm. and because we have such instant access to information you can be fact-checked in a moment Um, I'm very aware of that when I give a sermon on the weekend if I say something I can be fact-checked immediately Mm -hmm. um, via a phone or Google or, or whatever and so I think 18 to 25 year olds need parents to listen and not just always correct. Mm-hmm. Um, we're, we're really good at, at shoving shoving truth down the throats of, of kids that need more than because I said so. Mm-hmm. And quite frankly, sometimes kids need more than the Bible says so. Mm-hmm. Maybe they need the Bible says so and here's why and here's how culture has influenced this and here's how history has influenced this and here's how we got there. Yeah. Um, you know, when I was a kid in the 80s, um, that answer might have been okay. And I might have taken it at face value, but my kids don't. My 14-year-old doesn't take those answers at face value. My 14-year-old asks the craziest questions about the Bible, <laughs> questions I would have never thought to answer, to ask <laughs> uh, when I was his age. And so there's this access to information. I think, again, I think this generation is very thoughtful. Um, they think deeply, which can be both a blessing and a curse. Um, I also think that this generation is 
really susceptible to challenges of mental health mm -hmm. like we've never seen before. The, the rates of anxiety and depression. My wife's a therapist, so I, I get access to all this kind of thought. The, 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 the rise of anxiety and depression among young adults is rising at such an exponential rate that it's almost as if we can't keep track of it. Hmm. Uh, and so I don't have a good answer for that, but I, I'm pretty confident that anyone listening to this podcast is experiencing this with their own kid or knows of a parent that's experiencing a kid with anxiety or, or depression. And quite frankly, I think social media has a, a lot to, to, to add to that because we're constantly comparing, we're constantly thinking we're not good enough based on what we see on someone else's highlight reel. Hmm. Uh, and so that is that is a reality. And the third is, it, I think it's becoming harder and harder for kids to learn to fly on their own. Hmm. Um, someone said that, I can't remember how it was said, that, that 24 is the new 18 or, or something. And, <laughs> wow. uh, and I, I'm experiencing this because like, I'm a part of a parent's online group for my daughter's college. And some of the questions the parents are asking for advice on, I'm like, Really? Like, like what? I'll give you a couple examples. One parent was asking, "My kid's having a hard time making friends at college. What should I do?" And I'm like, "Nothing. I mean, <laughs> they need to learn. I mean, yeah, yeah, it's hard, and you want to go in and rescue, but that's not helping." Yeah. Another parent wrote in, "My my daughter needs a chemistry tutor. Could anyone recommend chemistry tutors?" I'm like, "If they need a tutor, they need to figure that one out. The school has so many resources. Yeah. So I think we as parents sometimes get in the way." of our kids flourishing, and it's a huge problem right now. My parents, I went to college 13 hours away, and they just kinda, I went, and it was, <laughs> I talked to my mom once a week, yeah. and that yeah. was it. Yeah. Some of the questions I'm seeing now, I'm like, no, we need to let them fly a little bit. Yeah, wow. As important are the things that you that you do, just as important are the things that you don't do, the yeah. things that you don't step in, and you mm -hmm. let them figure out on their own. Yeah. Um, yeah, we have, We've had some people ask kind of why our next-gen vision doesn't stop at 18. Um, it goes 18 to 25 as well. Um, and part of it is just what you said, recognizing the new reality, that like the 18 is the new mm -hmm. 24, 25. But the thing that we've focused on in that section, the main principle in that section is dependence to independence. So um, teaching parents, teaching kids how to navigate that with all of its complexity. Yeah, I think I think one of the keys for that is learning to become your kid's coach. Hmm. Once they hit that those college independent years or whether they go don't go to college and go into the workforce or go to a trade school, it doesn't matter. I mean, it, all of it's good. I mean, you can make a ton of money in the trades right now. <laughs> Holy cow. But but learning to become a coach. Yeah. And what a coach does is helps a person thrive, but a coach doesn't force a person to thrive. A coach comes alongside, and that's, I think, what this season of parenting is about. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's really good. Wow. Well, thank you, Mike. This has been really good. We appreciate you coming on and um, sharing a bit about your experience. Anything else to add before we wrap it up? Yeah, no, it's been fun. Um, it's, it's hard, but I encourage every parent to stick with it. Um, parenting is a God-ordained role, and it is a privilege, even in the mess of it, to raise kids into flourishing human, human beings. Mm.
Awesome. Love it. Well, thanks, parents, for listening. Um, I hope you enjoyed this episode. We'll have any relevant resources linked in the show notes below. And um, I, th- I think we're going to do a part two then. Um, this was part one. Part two will be me and Janelle sharing a little bit about our experience being parented mm-hmm. um, and taking you through a little bit more information about what your 18 to 25 year old is facing in this phase. Yes. So stay tuned. Awesome. Thanks, Mike. Yep. Thanks so much for listening to this episode. And if you want some more of this content, go ahead and click on the next episode for part two.